This week's podcast brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, the leader in wetlands conservation going all the way back to 1937. Think about that. That's a lot of history of conserving waterfowl habitat and the uh, ducks and geese that we all are so passionate about. Uh, I'm a proud member and I also serve on the Dallas DU committee. Uh, I encourage you to get plugged in with your local Ducks Unlimited chapter uh, and, and join this great group of folks who are passionate about duck hunting and waterfowl conservation. For more info, head over to ducks.org. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born and more, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists. Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities, to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Let's do it. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 681 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks for dropping by and sharing a part of your week with me. I do appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. So what are we doing this week? Well, hang tight. I'll tell you momentarily. Uh, first, though, I just got back from one of the most visually stunning places that I've ever hunted, and I've been blessed to travel quite a bit. I've seen a lot of amazing things uh, in this crazy life where I get to call this a job. <laughs> Trust me, I, I try not to take that for granted. Uh, my wife reminds me all the time. Is she's like, why don't I ever get to go on these trips? I'm like, Darlin, you're invited every single time, but you don't want to go do what I'm doing. You want to go sightseeing or sit on the beach with a mixed drink in your hand. These are work trips, fun work trips, but uh, work trips nonetheless. But yes, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, absolutely gorgeous. You're hunting in the mountains with uh, the ocean as the backdrop. The only other place I've experienced that was on Maui, uh, which whew, that's, a, that's a whole nother deal in and of itself as far as beauty goes. Uh, but BC, it's right up there. Uh, Vancouver Island, absolutely gorgeous. The bear hunting was good. I wouldn't say it was great by any stretch of the imagination as temperatures. It was like I left Texas and I was greeted with you know, similar temperatures in the Pacific Northwest, which was a little surprising and um, also had the bears sticking to the timber a little more than they usually would at this time of the year because it is the rut. But regardless, we got on a good bear, made it happen, and filmed the whole thing for Vortex Selects, which that will be released as a short film coming up in the very near future. 
I think cameraman Steve is editing that uh, bad boy as we speak. And uh, yeah, it won't be long until you can see firsthand exactly what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to Vancouver Island, British Columbia. What are we doing today? Well, you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pull yourself another cup of that Black Rifle coffee out of Granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos, the one he passed down years ago. Because off the top, we're going to be joined by Rich Froning. And uh, if you're not familiar with Rich, he is, well, or maybe you're not familiar with CrossFit. I'm honestly not. Uh, but Rich is a, he's very passionate about hunting and wild game. He's also a four-time CrossFit champion, I think, of the world. I don't know. It's wherever they hold the, uh, the CrossFit championships. And he won it four years in a row. Think about that. Uh, often labeled as the most fit man on the planet. But in addition to his passion for fitness and the outdoors, he's also got some other interesting ventures. Uh, he's got a farm where he raises bison. I like bison meat. Uh, he's got a podcast. He's written a book. Just really a very interesting human being. Looking forward to uh, having him on today. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll check in with our old friend Tyler Rosser of Lone Star Ag Credit. They've got some exciting news as far as expansion is concerned. And what does the, um, the rural or recreational real estate market look like when you know, you're talking about, well, very high interest rates and a recession? Uh, has that market been bulletproof? I don't know. We'll find out because... Like I say every week, land is the one thing they ain't making any more of, but we all want it. I certainly do. Anyway, uh, so yes, Tyler Rosser will be here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, that's what's on the docket for today. Let's do a quick giveaway. And this week, it's brought to you by Skull Hooker. Uh, I've got a table hooker. This is the model that you put on the desk. You just set it there, and you put your favorite European mount Right there, it supports it and displays it beautifully uh, right there on a desk or a table. Uh, I've got one right here at my, uh, my recording studio, sitting right by me, actually, a nice 10-point that I shot in Nebraska last year with a muzzleloader. Uh, anyway, we'll give away a table hooker. Just email the word, let's do Euro mount. Let's just say Euro mount because that's what you're putting on this bad boy. Uh, Euro mount to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. And you're entered into today's Skull Hooker giveaway. Coming up next, outdoorsman, entrepreneur, and the world's fittest man, Rich Froning, joins us on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's that time of the year where you might want to try to kick off a new year with a fitness journey. Cryo and More has all your holistic healing needs with cold therapy, heat therapy, and pressure therapy, which shortcuts the time you have to spend recovering from your workout or minimize the muscle soreness you feel from physical activity. Cryo Skin is a body hack that speeds up the death cycle of the fat cells using non-invasive technology that uses heat and cold to eliminate fat cells. Your greatest wealth is your health. 
Visit cryoandmore.com or head over to the location off of Virginia Parkway in McKinney. If you're looking for a new gun safe, you need to check out the Performance Firearm Storage Solutions from Securit. Unlike traditional safes, Securit products are designed to perform for you. They're lightweight, so you can discreetly store them in any room in the house, and the interior is completely customizable to fit your guns and gear. I would know. I've got four of them. Their fast-access storage system keeps my guns and optics organized so they never touch each other or get damaged, and I'm never more than an arm's length away from a firearm. The best part? They're always running great sales. Head over to SecureItGunStorage.com backslash cable to see their latest promotion, and you can thank me later. I need a little more fire, less smoke. A little more cash than broke, a little more high than low, a little more do less don't, a little more give than take, a little more gas than rape. Really, all I'm asking for is a little more crown than coke. A little more crown than coke. That's our buddy Ray Johnston bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for dropping by today as we are all set to check in with CrossFit legend Rich Froning. But first, this segment brought to you by Big and J, Whitetail Attractants, and the BB Squared. Whether you get it in a compressed block form or you dump a bag out, here's the thing. Even on places that uh, I have just gained access to, if you put that out, you're going to have deer show up within, sometimes within hours, certainly within 24 hours. Uh, the Bucks absolutely love it. I don't know what they put in there. Uh, to get their attention, but it's it's like crack for white-tailed deer. They can't help themselves. You can find the BB Squared and their entire lineup of white-tailed attractants at BigandJ.com. Okay, with that being said, let's bring him on right now. Joining us from, I believe, Tennessee, it is my pleasure to welcome Rich Fronig to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, where are you joining us from? I'm in uh, Cookville, Tennessee. Just got done. Uh, I'm doing the Leadville 100 mountain bike, so I just got off the bike just now. Oh, right on. Yeah. Well, what's up with you? the uh, Detroit Tigers shirt? I was born in Michigan, uh, mm-hmm. but I've lived in Tennessee basically my entire life. So, unfortunately, the only thing I really have left there besides family is my sports team. So, it's been a rough, rough life. Is you a Lions fan? I am. I am. <laughs> I am a true Lions fan. Well, Stick hey. for punishment. Yeah, well, there's something to say for that. At least you're not like, uh, well, the Lions suck, so, you know, no. a Giants and fan I've, or something. No, I've been Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and then now we don't really have – I mean, the last couple of years have at least been tolerable to watch. I like Dan Campbell. He seems like a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fired up for the for the future, but I've also been a Lions fan my entire life, so, you know, you're just yeah. waiting for something to happen. Megatron, he won me quite a few fantasy football championships. He was awesome. All right. All right. Yeah. Megatron's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Him and Barry were, like I said, that's about all we have to hang our hat on. Yeah. I would yeah. argue it's one of the worst franchises, if not the worst franchise in all of sports. I History wise. You wouldn't get any disagreement from me. No. Uh, now, no. now that the Nuggets have won a title, I mean, that was yeah, 47. The Nuggets years have won a title. Utility. So. The Lions have not won one. They've won one uh, playoff game in the Super Bowl era. One playoff game, and it wasn't against the Cowboys because we got that that uh, pass interference call. <laughs> pass interference call. That damn Pat. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Was it fourteen or fifteen? Something like yeah. that. One of those. Yep, I remember. But actually, I do remember the one game you did win. It was against the Cowboys. Nineteen ninety one playoff game in Detroit. 
uh, with Barry Sanders. But after that, you know, the Cowboys would rip off three out of four Super Bowl titles, and the Lions would once again be in the crapper. I remember yeah. watching it. Um, so you're a former firefighter. Former firefighter, yep. Four years, um, I worked as a full-time firefighter, and they paid my tuition to Tennessee Tech while I was doing my undergrad. Okay. So you've lived in Tennessee most of your life. I mean, Tennessee's a very, uh, I would say, outdoor-friendly state, lots of hunting and yep. fishing. Is that something you yep. grew up doing? Uh, I was outdoors a lot, not a ton of hunting. We had a pond that we'd fish every once in a while. My dad is, uh, not the most patient of people, uh-huh. uh, which does not lend itself to hunting or teaching your kids to hunt. Um, I mean, we were out in the woods a ton. We were around firearms a lot, um, knew all that stuff. I've had my hunter safety, I think since I was 12 or 13. Um, but really not a, a, a really good mentor. I had a couple uncles that lived in Michigan when we'd go up there, we'd hunt a little bit. Um, but I really got into hunting probably when I was 22, 23 started, uh, I had a good friend that his dad was into turkey hunting and, um, you know, I'm, if we're being honest, whitetail hunting is really hard for me to just sit and wait. Um, so that style of hunting, I it probably wouldn't have clicked anyway. Uh-huh. And, uh, so turkey hunting here was, was where I really fell in love with hunting and then, after doing that for three or four years, we went out West and started elk hunting and that's where it's like full on taking hold. Oh yeah. So are you a bow hunter? Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'll hunt anything. I doesn't, I'm not a, I'm not a purist by any yeah. means. I do You're like me. I did. equal opportunity, just dabble in yep. whatever. Yep. Tell me the season and, and what weapon I need to show up with. Exactly. And going out West is so hard to get points and figure out all that anyway. So if you know, I like last, last couple of years, we, I didn't have any points, didn't really have a base of any of that stuff or the knowledge of it. And so we would just go over the counter, um, elk with a bow and which is very, very hard. Yeah. So, um, this year finally got the job done with a bow on a bull and then had the opportunity to go again the next month and a half later for a cow, um, rifle. So like I said, um, I don't, I don't really care. So Equal opportunity, the, like you said. the freezer is full. Freezer is full. Yeah. We got a, we got a bull in there. We got a cow in there. My kids, we, we still, I, I owe it to them to cook the heart. They're, they're obsessed with wanting to cook the heart out of this elk. So good kids. Yeah. 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 We've got, they're, uh, you know, they're not afraid. I, I brought a turkey home this year and the kids were out there with me gutting it and cleaning it and learning. And, um, their big thing was, you know, they've seen this elk heart. So we, we grilled up the Turkey heart and it actually was pretty, pretty darn good. And they all tried it Mm. and loved it. And so they're, uh, I'm raising up some, some savages. That's for sure. Hell yeah. So, so next time you shoot a Turkey, take the heart, the uh, kidneys, the liver. If you want to do the gizzard, you can. The gizzard's not my favorite. Just takes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But the other three organs, Put them in a skillet, a little, uh, a little butter, a little garlic, yeah. saute yeah. them, and then uh, some bell peppers and onions, and we just call it nasty fajitas. Yeah, there we oh, go. Heck yeah, good stuff. yeah, good stuff. stuff. I was surprised that turkey. I mean, that turkey heart literally just tastes like white turkey meat. It's really mm-hmm. what it tastes like. It's yeah. great. And I find the liver to be re- more palatable from birds than like. I'll eat a, a white yeah. tail liver or an elk liver. But it's, it's not my favorite. But let's I'll be eat honest, one a season. It's not the greatest. No. Yeah. But yeah. like on yeah, birds, it's not like, like I love the liver. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll yeah. give that a shot next time. It's just, it's more mild. It doesn't have that right. real yeah, irony. That iron yeah. taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my son shot his first turkey this year. He's 10. Heck yeah. yeah. So yeah. I got him out. 
he was stoked. Um, but yeah, my, uh, I have my, one of my eight, I have twins. They're both eight identical girls. And, uh, one of them, their favorite thing in the world to eat is dove hearts. Like, so we sh- right. shoot, we shoot, well, they don't go to school September 1st, uh, right. because that's, it should be a holiday. That's, that's it yeah. should be a national holiday. Yeah. So we go dove hunting and then she, she pulls all the hearts out and then I, uh, put a little dry rub and smoke them. Put them Heck on toothpicks. Yeah. Oh, she loves it. Good to go. Apologize. Wrap them in bacon or anything, or just straight. No, straight they're so small. Just, just yeah. yeah, just eat them off the toothpick. There you uh, go. Yeah. So we've not done that. I'll have to do that one. Is dove hunting a big thing in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, but you've got to know somebody that has a good field. I mean, you can sit out there all day and not see something. So in the last couple of years, we've been either in the pro like we've we've done an event in Texas in uh, Brian. Uh, college station so it's usually around that weekend and so it's just hard to get to i've i've i like dove hunting it's just been a long time since i've done it right on um so when did crossfit first come on to the scene oh man I, it really kind of hit mainstream not well i'd say mainstream but you know anybody outside of california was 2001 mm-hmm. um for me it was 2009 is when I got into it, but 2001 with internet growing CrossFit.com. That's when it really kind of took off and what everybody knows CrossFit as today, um, would kind of be 2001 and then really kind of mainstream, I guess, 2011. Okay. And so, but you, you dove in head first in 2009. Yeah. So I was getting my undergrad in exercise science. Um, I had a professor that was the head strength and conditioning coach. I was a firefighter. He knew I was a firefighter. And um, so he, I was taking a class and, you know, any, any coach that's a professor is usually showing a lot of videos. And so he showed us a video of CrossFit.com. And I think it was a guy, it might've been Bill Grundler, one of the original guys doing um, Fran 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull-ups in full turnout gear, breathing air in an SCBA. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> and so uh, kind of the rest is history. I looked up CrossFit.com. I really didn't know you could compete in it at the time. It was just, you know, more to stay in shape for the fire department. And then fast forward a couple months and I went and got my level one in, uh, Charlotte. And then I brought my cousin down from Michigan and we opened a gym and really for probably the first three or four months, didn't know there was a competition. And then right around that time, they, um, posted a bunch of videos and, uh, of people competing. And we were like, Oh man, let's try some of the workouts. And, our times were relatively comparable. So we were like, next year we should try it. And, uh, I signed up and he didn't and rest is history. Yeah. So you ripped off four consecutive CrossFit games, men's titles from 2011 to 2014. I have no idea what that entails to be honest. Like the competition, I've never done CrossFit. I I have neighbors. There's a CrossFit studio in the, you know, not far from where we live, but I go to the gym, I'm lift weights and stuff, but I've never tried uh, CrossFit. Basically, basically we took everything that was good about every other fitness program platform and combined it into one. That's kind of the beauty of it. Hmm. It's the best way I know how to describe it. So it's not yeah. just weightlifting. It's not just powerlifting. It's not, you know, just gymnastics or body weight movements. It's not just uh, cardio stuff. It's kind of a, a mix of everything. And so the idea is that you're anything that's thrown at you, you can be relatively competent. You may not be the best at any one thing or a specialist, but, um, you're ready for anything is the idea. Well, one of my good friends, um, he's, he went to Africa with me a couple weeks ago. 
He joined a gym and lost 20 pounds. And I was oh, like, heck yeah. what did you, what? so what happened, Jeff? He's like, yeah, started going to CrossFit. CrossFit. Like, oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really the, that's what's cool about it. You know, everybody sees the games and sees the people competing, but we've owned a gym for, I mean, heck, since 2011, it's kind of been, been going. And I mean, the stories you have of like people just, you know, changing their life and, and getting active. And that's what it's really about. I don't care what you're doing as long as you're doing something and it's, you know, improves, improving your health, whether that's physically, mentally, and just being around people. Um, and that's kind of what the beauty of CrossFit is. It's very efficient at doing that. And it's, it's very welcoming from the community side of it. Well, building community is important. And I think that's why, you know, as a father and someone who tries to introduce other people into hunting or just getting out with your buddies, you know, things like dove hunting, upland hunting, waterfowling really appeal to me just from a camaraderie standpoint. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Maybe talk a little more physical fitness, of course, some more hunting, wild game, and who knows what else with Rich Froning. That segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'm a proud member, and I'd love for you to join our ranks because no group does more when it comes to furthering our message of educating the non-hunting public on why hunting at its core is conservation. For more info, head over to Safari Club. Org. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Now there's two more tears in Texas tonight. One more lonely man. No arms to hold me Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use eForms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Time to tell you about Protect Products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. Like cool yellow skies, red telegraph line. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. We're still visiting with the man frequently referred to as the fittest human being on the planet, Rich Froning. But before we get back into that conversation, this segment brought to you by Stealth Cam and the new Command app. Regardless of which cellular camera you have, they've got seven or eight different models 
the app now is able, and the technology is crazy, but it categorizes the photos and lets you know, you know, ahead of time, hey, there's a deer, a hog, a raccoon, coyote, whatever in the photo. It labels it and also tells you the moon phase now. Lots of great, useful information uh, as you prepare to try to put your tag on that big buck this coming season. Uh, so check it out. It's the new Stealth Cam Command app, and it's compatible with all of your uh, favorite Stealth Cam cellular cameras. Uh, with that being said, Rich, thanks for sticking around. You wrote a book, uh, I think 2013, somewhere around there. Uh, first, What It Takes to Win, which outlines some of your methods for success. Two of the ones that stood out to me, Faith, and then yep. um, You're Not So Strict Diet at the time. <laughs> yeah, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, faith is a huge part of, of who I am. It's been, been around since I was a kid, you know, I've had a bunch of, uh, really good mentors or, you know, we went to church, um, growing up, but it there was kind of a shift in 2010 when I actually got second the first time I went and, you know, I really faith for me or, or my, there wasn't really a relationship side of it. It was more religion based, I guess, or something mm -hmm. that I had to do. And I prayed and did things that, um, cause that's what you were supposed to do, but there wasn't a ton of relationship and a ton of, you know, what can I do for you, God, or me glorifying and telling people about Jesus. And so, um, 2010, I had this kind of aha moment of, Hey, you know, it's not what I do or what I'm doing that defines who I am. It's Christ and what he's done. And so for me, that was a huge switch and that's, a lot of what the book is about. And then, yeah, my diet is over the years, I've had to clean it up now that I'm 36, you know, metabolism and, um, a lot of miles on the old body and, and trying to change things up for inflammation and different things. So, um, I still, I'm a little bit more strict now than I was, but I'm still not, you know, I train as hard as I do to eat, eat more food basically. Right. Right. Um, it's amazing that for people that, that don't work out, like, I think that's part of the reason why I go to the gym is so I can go eat, you know, mm -hmm. a 16 ounce steak. Yep, yep exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to, you know, I want to be able to eat, you know, within reason, something that I really like. And then also for me mentally, I just, I feel better when I move, you know, and my wife has finally after 12 years figured out, Hey, if I just let him have his hour, even if we're on some type of vacation, if I let him have an hour uh -huh. to just go down there and sweat, or whatever he needs to do, it's going to be better for everybody around. And so she's finally after, like I said, it's, I guess it's been about three or four years. She finally figured out, Hey, just go. And then yeah. I'm, I'm a lot better and a lot more pleasant to be around. So it's just, you know, part of who I am. It's something I have to do. I just feel better uh, when I move. So I have like, like these three uh, bullet points that I try to, that I say, here's how, to, here's the key to a, a happy life as a dude. Yep. For just every day, do one of these three things: go hunting or fishing, adventure, work, yep. work out, or have yep. sex, or have sex. There you if go. You do there one you of go. those three things. You're that's a good day. If you do day. two of them, that's yep. a great day. And if you can figure out how to get all three in in the same day, trifecta. That's the best day you can have. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yep. That's yeah. that. Pretty much narrows it down. That's if it. my wife sees that I didn't do any of those three things in a day, she's like, "Oh, he's not going to be around." Gonna be a bad day. Gonna oh, but she day. knows how to fix it though. <laughs> uh, yeah. She holds the power. Yeah. So let's talk about diet. I mean, I'm 41. Yep. 
I have a little bit, you know, I, I weigh 210 pounds, work out all the time, but I like to drink beer. I'm imagine, yep. I imagine, I don't know if you drink alcohol or not, but, um, let's talk about some of the worst things that Americans put in their bodies on a regular basis. I'll, I'll start off. I'm not opposed to drinking alcohol. I just don't drink a ton because of how it makes me feel and how much yeah. I train and work out that it, it just affects training so much when I do it. So, um, I, alcohol is, is obviously dependent on how much you're taking in is going to have some impact on that. But I think processed foods, man, that's the biggest thing that, uh, processed foods and the amount of sugar that people take in, um, is really what plagues America and, you know, processed foods are, are killing us basically. Mm. What, so, well, what about things like, which it's definitely processed is, are things like deli meat really bad for you? <sighs> I mean, there's of the processed things like frozen foods and stuff, it's probably on the, the least of the amount. There's just a ton mm. of sodium. And I guess it depends on the quality. Are you buying the stuff that's, you know, is the the person at the deli cutting it for you right there? Is it fresher than, you know, something that's been sitting in um, a ton of preservatives? And I mean, mm. I guess if you look, you know, there's, a, there's more now that have less of the nitrates and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, on the they comes out every study that comes out, you know, something has cancer and is going to kill you. And so I think that's just the, the point in life where we are, but, um, and that's why I, I've in the last couple of years gotten into hunting is I know where that food's come from and mm -hmm. it's in my freezer and it's, it's fresh and you just feel it's hard to explain to a non hunter and, and people that, and this is the one thing that drives me crazy is people that eat meat that are against hunting. You know, I, mm -hmm. I've, been on several podcasts or in videos and talked about this subject, but if somebody's a vegetarian or vegan, that's, I don't agree with it, but part of the problem with this country is we can't at least respect somebody's opinion. Like I don't have to agree with you to respect your opinion, your right. decision to make that, um, or your, your ability to make that decision. That's the beauty of this country we live in, but don't force your stuff on me, but I can see their argument where mm -hmm. people that eat meat and are against hunting, drives me absolutely crazy and i've said it multiple times but you know I, I see those people as cowards because you can't there's nothing easy and it's not clean about hunting you know it's not you're just going out and murdering animals like there there is you know they they make the argument that you know we're not part of the food chain and we've been on part of the food chain and for we're the since apex the beginning predator, of time man. Exactly. So I don't yeah. understand that, that argument. And like, would you rather that animal that's sitting in a feedlot? And I just, it drives me crazy that whole argument with that. So, yeah. um, that's one thing is, I mean, I've noticed them when we eat, um, the meat that we've killed, it's, I just feel better. You feel right. You feel, um, you, oh, yeah. I, I don't waste near as much of that because I know how hard of work that was. And so I'm way more prone to eating that animal because I took that life. Whereas, you know, sometimes I'd be lying if I said that leftovers don't just get pitched at times because yeah. you're like, ah, I don't have any emotional attachment to that animal. As bad as that sounds, um, I have a lot more of an emotional attachment to that elk that's hanging on my wall and in my freezer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I will say though, I, respecting people's opinions is important. I get if you want to be a vegetarian, it's fine. You want to do it for what you think is health reasons. I, I think that's right. baloney too, but right. you know, if you want to be vegetarian now, veganism, uh, total that's that, that is founded in an idea 
that stems from animal rights activism. It's not a health right. choice. It's not, so that right. is where I draw the line. They're a little bit more preachy, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, I, yeah. And you'll never, you, if you meet a vegan, you'll know because they're going to tell you within the first. Tell you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My, if you go read some of my comments on any of my hunting posts, you'll see some vegans on there for sure. Yeah. Um, what about? So I'm drinking this carbonated water now. What? Uh, Topo I've Chico. I've always Topo wondered Chico. about that. Is there? Is there any reason not to drink this over regular just water? Uh, I think it just kind of gives you that little, like, you feel like you're drinking pop or soda or whatever mm. part of the country you're in, uh, whatever you call it. But I like I, Topo Chico Lime is mm. one of my favorites, one of my go-tos. And then uh, Spindrift, the Lime Spindrift or the Lemon Spindrift, those two are, are uh, on the top of my list. I think it gives you a little bit of, as long as there's not a ton of crap in it, I think it's fine. Okay. I'm sure somebody's going to rip it apart, but yeah. Sometimes I put tequila in it too. So that's good. Yeah. Hey, there yeah. you go. Uh, what is, lime. what is, uh, Froning farms? Froning farms. Uh, we have a bison farm in Cookville. Oh, cool. uh, it really just kind of started out me and my best friend. We've lived within a mile of each other. Our, since we were five or six, um, we both moved off of Pfeiffer mountain where we live and we're both firefighters at the same time. And then we both moved back onto the mountain at the same time. Um, got 160 acres. He's got 60 acres. We live, like I said, half a mile from each other. We both started having kids. Didn't really want the land to just sit there and do nothing. So um, he did, he raised cattle on his off days when we were at the fire department. So we were like, Hey, let's uh, start a little farm with cattle and even if it offsets the cost, that's, that's what really matters. But we want to have chores for our kids to do something we can all do together. Something just, you know, I grew up on a non-working farm, but we had a lot of um, what I call fantasy chores where parent, my parents just made up chores to keep us busy and keep us out of the house. (laughs) And so uh, we were like, man, at the time I hated it, but you know, growing up now, I really appreciate it after seeing, you know, just, kind of the way society has moved. And so we wanted that for the kids our kids could be brats and with technology. So decided to do that. And to start that, we were going to do a little bit of apparel. And I was like, man, I started reading American Buffalo by uh, Stephen Ranella. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that process, I was like, man, we should, we should do bison. And Matt's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know anything about bison. I know about cattle. And I'm like, ah, how much different could it be? <laughs> And uh, they look way cooler and it's, you know, it's America's mammal and um, the story behind bison or, you know, from a conservation side is, is incredible. And so we decided to do bison and it's kind of really turned into a, another business for sure. So, um, and it's, it's awesome. And, and kind of the culmination of all of that was last winter. Um, my then she's about to be nine, but she's, she was six then it's December. January, it's spitting snow, kind of nasty rain. It's six o'clock at night, so it's pitch black. And I've got to go feed the bison, got to put some hay out and open cab tractor at the time. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, crap, all right. Kind of didn't have the time to do it during the day. So I'm headed out and she looks at me, she's like, I'm coming with you. And I'm like, Lake, it's nasty. You don't want to do this. And she's like, no, I'm coming. And so, (laughs) you know, me and me and my little girl just on the tractor putting hay out. And it was, the realization of man, all this hard work and the, you know, the struggle of it is, is worth it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, having the kids grow up and man, my son, we, we just put out a video of us working the bison and he's, he's a little redneck and out there with, he's six, no shoes on, 
Uh, it's gravel in the middle of the working facility. He rode his bike. He wasn't supposed to be out there. My wife was like, keep him out. You know, she's, it's too dangerous. And he, he snuck away and I get a phone call and I turn around, I see Trice and I'm like, oh, is he supposed to be here? And right then my wife calls, she's like, do you see Trice? And I'm like, yeah, he's standing right here. I'm like, Trice, you supposed to be down here? He's like, uh, no, it was great. So it's, it's all in the video, but it's hilarious. And man, he's him and my girls, they love it. And so my wife now has uh, seven high, well, seven and a half Highland cows. Now she just had a, a baby. She loves these stupid furry cows that you've seen on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but it keeps her out of our hair with the bison. So it's good. So, yeah. Yeah. So well, that's I, in a nutshell, that's Froning Farms. Okay. My, uh, I, I host a political podcast, uh, with, um, with my elk hunting buddy and yeah. he lives in a HOA outside of San Antonio where the lots are like an acre or two, but one of his buddies neighbors has 10 acres. And so they they each bought a Buffalo and put it on there and you yeah. know, uh, raised it to, I, I don't know how old, but they ended up butchering it. But in the process pissed off, uh, one everybody of the, in the HOA. Well, yeah. One of them was a vegan and she's like, well, what? Oh. You know, she tried to throw a fit and say, you can't have bison here. Well, under Texas law, bison are considered livestock. So they're yep. like, Oh yeah, actually we can. And by the way, we're going to raise them and then we're going to slaughter them and eat them, you know, like <laughs> yeah, right in your face. Yeah. Would you like to come over for a burger? Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. so do you have any Eastern turkeys out there? Yeah. Um, we're Eastern. Um, that's pretty much all it's here is Easterns. Yeah. But do you have them, do you have them on like your farm or are you guys close? Oh yeah. To... That's, that's where I hunt basically. Uh, okay. we've, we, uh, I killed a Jake early spring and then, I was kind of the middle of our season. So I missed middle and then tried to go again late and had an opportunity at a Tom and he just saw us right at the last second. So uh, we in Tennessee right now, you could kill two, um, okay. man, when I first started turkey hunting, you could kill four. Yeah. And that, that was a fun couple of years. You just yeah. go out every day. But, uh, this year I got the kids out there. Some didn't see anything with them, of course, but, um, at least getting them out there. Like I said, Lakeland's about to be nine and then I've got a six and a five-year-old. And so, getting them out there and, and having some fun with them. And, um, that's what it was about. Absolutely. Yeah. We can, we can kill four in, in Texas. Um, got, we have, you can kill one Eastern, uh, or you can kill one Eastern, okay. three Rios or four Rios. Rios yeah. We don't have you guys got Rios. In, in much of the state. Um, now I heard a rumor that you usually skip leg day. Why? <laughs> no, no, that's the one thing in CrossFit. <laughs> we gotta, gotta make sure the legs are, uh, Legs are good. No, that's me, actually. Never mind. Uh, oh, sorry. is that you? Yeah. All right. Well, no, with all I, the elk hunting, man, you got to be ready for it. Well, I, I do the cardio, but so I, I played soccer uh, still oh, to okay. this day. I, I can't give it up. Played my whole life. Um, play every Monday night. And when I was doing legs, I would pull muscles. Yeah. And I so I, I quit for a long time. And I'm starting to get back into it from from a, the standpoint of it helps my back. Like I have a herniated disc. That's and, what I say. Yeah. Did you, uh, you gotta, the big thing is you gotta make sure if you're hitting, you know, if you're doing legs, make sure if you're hitting quads, make sure you're hitting deadlifts or getting your hamstrings, you gotta, there's gotta be a balance. That's what happens mm -hmm. when you start pulling muscles usually is you've got some type of imbalance. So, um, like I said, if you're going to squat, make sure you're lunging as well or deadlifting as well, uh, just to counteract, counteract those two. Yuck. Everybody's favorite lunges, I guess. Uh, no pain, no gain, though. Um, let's knock out a break, Rich. We'll come back, talk major injuries, um, a couple other nutrition high points, wild game, 
and bucket list hunts, all that coming up next. That segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders, Taxidermy, and the Mossberg Patriot Rifle lineup. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. There lies a heart unbroken in the dark where love still grows. So follow the road that make you feel old and brand new. If you remain kind yet aware of the signs Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW? Then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Summer of my senior year, my daddy cracked a lone star beer. He said, listen, boy, get over here and have your first brew. But I just laughed and he just cursed, because we both knew that it was not my first. And he said the words There's a little poor Jay Brown bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. We're about to get back into our conversation with Rich Froning, but first... This segment is brought to you by the Sun Slayer Hoodie. It's like uh, air conditioning for your skin. Delivering UPF protection that never wears off and you never need to reapply. Beat the burn when you're shooting, fishing, or hitting the trail. Head on over to VortexOptics.com to check out the Sun Slayer lineup and all the great apparel from Vortex. And save some dough with that code LONESTAR20 at checkout. That's 20% off your apparel order. All right, well, let's jump back into it here with CrossFit legend, outdoorsman, bison farmer, and uh, who knows what else, Rich Froning. What major injuries have you sustained? And I'll tell you this because we're close to the same age, but it was probably 36 or 37 when I started to have, like, I realized I'm no longer in the same body that I was in. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, uh, I'm, I'm to that point. Um, I've major injuries. Uh, I tore my labrum in high school. Um, dislocated my shoulder, trying to recover an onside kick and then should have probably had surgery relatively close to that and didn't play the entire baseball season, basically shattered the humeral head and no labrum left in there, but haven't really had any problems out of the right shoulder, uh, tore my meniscus in 2017 in my knee. And that was probably the single most detrimental thing I've ever done. Like I should not have had, um, uh, 
should not have had surgery. I should have done a little bit more research on the meniscus and, and just rehabbed it. Um, they went in and tried to clean it up, clean up my knee and it, it made it infinitely worse. Mm. Um, so that, that is one thing that I've got to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I've got to kind of like, um, uh, a rotator cuff that is hanging on by a thread just from no one thing, I think just years and years of abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I rehab that and stay on top of that. But for the most part, nothing incredibly major. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely starting to feel my age, a lot of miles uh, putting on put on the old body. So mm-hmm. uh, just being smart. But so what did you, you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, inflammation. Like yep. it's something that I definitely experience. Uh, what do you do to combat that? One of the big things is um, I, I got rid of a lot of dairy that I was taking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drinking like a gallon of milk every probably day, every two days, probably. So I, I cut that out um, as lame as it sounds. I drink almond milk. I don't completely stay away from whole milk. Like if it's in cereal or something like yeah. that, I'll eat it. Or if it's on a, on pizza, I'll eat cheese, but just try to limit that where I can. Um, and then I've done plunge, like a cold plunge um, on and off for the last couple of years. I've really gotten back into it, uh, starting off the morning, every morning, 50 degrees at about four minutes. And just it seems to have helped. And I've done it pretty regularly for the last two or three months. Usually when season would crank up, uh, CrossFit season, I'd sit in it a bunch. Um, but I've just kind of gotten back to doing it again and, um, really enjoy it. It, it sucks initially getting in there. Um, uh, but I feel better if, if I'm being hundred percent honest, um, yeah. doing that. So what is your cold punch setup? Like, how do you, I, I use the plunge is what it's called. Um, okay. and it's, you know, it's a tub that it has a cooler on it or a chiller on it stays outside the basement. And, um, like I said, every morning go in there and then if I'm doing where I'm doing a bunch of this bike riding, um, in the afternoon, if I get time, I'll go just, just legs for like 10 minutes and it seems to like bring them back to life, which is cool. So what is the difference between that? I, I do cryotherapy when I'm really yep. feeling inflamed, but one of the guys actually, he's the manager at the gym I go to, he recently went and bought a, like a cattle trough, put it on yep. his back porch and he goes to Bucky's every Sunday and buys like get 10 mice. 20 pound bags of ice, puts them in a big cooler. And then he yep. does three cold plunges a week. And he said, he sleeps better. He feels better. He's like, I'm he's, he's now he's like, I'm going to train for a marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. I feel so good. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. But, but compare that to cryo. Cause for me, cryo, you know, I don't have the plunge and I have a, a cryo place right up the street. From I, I'm sure somebody will nerd out in there. Um, from what it's supposedly more condensed, obviously less time you're getting colder. Um, I've done cryo a couple of times and just didn't notice any crazy, mm. you know, miraculous healing from it. Um, I'm sure people have, but, uh, I think for me, the big thing is once I have the, the setup, it's just easier to do it every day versus, you know, going to another building and it's yeah. so expensive to, you can't buy a cryo, you know, um, Chamber, I don't know. Yeah. You know. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some research that all the, everybody at the gym or on our team is all obsessed with, uh, is Andrew Huberman. And so I, I just so. get the hot, I just get yeah. the highlights. I'm like, I don't have time to listen to that. And so one of the guys is like, he sits in the, in the cold tub for four minutes and then goes and stands facing the sun, not looking into the sun for like 10 or 15 minutes every morning. So 
that's what I've been trying to do. And it's supposed to help with, I don't know, it's supposed to help. Well, sunshine's good for you. Vitamin D. Yeah. You stand, you stand facing the sun for 15 minutes every day. I'm just trying to warm up basically from sitting in the cold plunge. Mm. That's essentially what I'm doing. Cause you'll sit there and shiver for hours if you don't warm up. And you don't, you're not supposed to get in a shower to warm up right after, unless you're doing hot, cold therapy and all that stuff. So, um, if you can get a sauna and do hot for 15 minutes and then get in the cold for three minutes and keep going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done that a couple of times and you talk about just like make you feel awesome. That'll do it. The okay. hot and cold. I might have to, to try a cold plunge. I haven't, haven't been in an ice bath since I was pledging a fraternity. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, you know, the initial dread of it first thing in the morning. And then probably about a minute in, I feel like I can, I started out doing three minutes and I've kind of bumped it up to four. I don't know if I'll stay at four or whatever, but they say Mm -hmm. the minimum you're supposed to do is three to get benefits from it. So right on. Um, okay. So what are your favorite, uh, you obviously have a bunch of elk meat in the freezer. What is your favorite way to prepare it? Man, take like a steak, um, for example. Yep. Yeah. So we actually did a, a, a video for pit boss and we had, um, this guy named, uh, Sean, he was on top chef or one of those shows and he came out and we did some, um, hanger steak with like, uh, chipotle, uh-huh. um, honey. I've got the whole recipe on my phone, uh, chipotle honey. Uh, it's called honey chipotle steak or whatever but there's a bunch of other stuff in there um and then a chimichurri sauce and you talk about awesome on a backstrap is good my go-to though we've got so much ground i did mostly ground is take the ground throw it in the pot or throw it in a pan brown it throw some taco and some uh, cholula on there and then fry up or saute some uh, peppers and you got tacos right there and it's it's incredible my kids if i don't put too much cholula in it i'll usually take a extra pan without cholula and throw it in there yeah. uh it's good we've done spaghetti with it i mean the ground is incredible and the ground on the cow is is amazing mm-hmm. um the bull you know you know how bull is at times oh, yeah. depending on when it's killed it was a little it's a little ruddy i can get past it um but that cow tastes just like ground ground beef it's incredible i've got a uh a backstrap and two tenderloins dethawing in the okay. uh, in the sink right now and we'll know from the first bite if it's the buck my buck, son shot yep. or or the doe that i shot you know you can really tell yeah, <laughs> yeah. i didn't really notice i didn't know that until you know people had said that and I've, I've read it or watched it on you know film but man you can tell a difference it's good it's just mm-hmm. way better that cow's way but i'm like you obviously you want to kill a bull just because but man for meat purposes a cow is it's hard to beat well i'll also tell you this because doing this for a living i i the freezer typically stays full lots of hunting opportunity i'm not packing a cow elk out 10 miles i'm just not no 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 now if it has a a rack i mean yeah you know something like that took us heck yeah that's right Mm -hmm. the uh the bull took us about two, two and a half hours. Luckily there was four of us, four or five of us. So we got it all out in one trip. Uh, the cow, we literally just had to get about 400 yards and you could just throw it over your shoulder. The only hard mm. part was we were in a bunch of blowdown and it was impossible to get out of, but, uh, yeah. it was infinitely easier than that bull. That bull was one of the harder things I've ever done in my life. So I went to Wyoming for nine days 
in September this past year, we burned, we each had five points, my buddy and I. So we burned our points, drove up there from Texas, and uh, I was, you know, I was in archery range every day, but never let an arrow fly. He shot a five by five, like on day six or something. This was the worst pack out I've ever experienced. It was really? three miles uphill, only three miles. Like yeah. it was the worst three miles of my life. And we tried to do yep. it all in one trip. And we got about a hundred yards and we looked at each With other. two like, of you? Yeah. We we're like, nope. Oh, sh nope. That yeah. ain't happening. Yeah. So no. we, when we got back to, uh, back to camp, he did have a, he had a scale there and we weighed and my pack was 114 pounds and his Shit, was, yeah. his was 120. And that was, yep. that, and that was after we took stuff out. Like, right. Yeah. So yeah, that I, I had the Cape, the back straps, the loins and the, rack obviously and it was one of the most miserable thing it was about two two and a half miles but like i said it was an hour or two and a half hours but it was 700 i mean it's colorado so it's yeah. this nasty thick country and it was one of if not the worst thing i've ever done in my life so i think the worst part about it is the the blowdowns all the deadfall yeah. if you've yeah, got that you stuff can't. on your back and you're trying to climb over that stuff man that is dude it's impossible Whew. impossible yeah yeah see what else i had here for you oh yeah you've got a couple podcasts yep yep yeah so uh we just brought back the, i guess we're calling it the rich froning podcast now mm -hmm. um it's more just kind of us three of us shooting the shit, nothing super major a lot of crossfit stuff right now because we're in the middle of season and then we'll bring back we have a what's called into the storm podcast and it's faith-based and we kind of just what we did for a while is just pick a book in the Bible and go through it, talk it. And uh -huh. no, no theological, no, like, you know, deep, none of us are very well studied other than, you know, how it hit us and where we felt it was at. And, um, man, I actually, we had a ton of, ton of people that, uh, did it, but man, I just got so burnt out doing, trying to do two podcasts and trying to do both of them in one week. It was, it was hard. So, uh, took a break for about a year and then we brought back the rich running podcast just because you know sponsors and all that stuff were asking for it and then into the storm hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll start back up but no nah, i know the feeling i do two a week yeah 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 it's tough so. man i just it's hard i i it's just not my personality is to just luckily we've got a good group now that we can just kind of it's just conversation and mm -hmm. um just kind of more or less just talking about what's going on currently in the CrossFit space. And so, um, it's been, it's been pretty fun so far. Right. Yeah. It, uh, but it's my full-time job. I'm not, I'm not running yeah. a gym or have all these other things going on, but I, but it is taxing, you know? Uh, yeah. we got a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire around here, but yeah. Hey, you know, it's, uh, it's good. It's all good. So bucket list hunt. If you could go hunt anything, anywhere, what would it be? Right now, moose and bear. Um, I'm not sure I'm to the level of grizzly yet. Uh, still, you know, I'm a black bear would be really cool right mm -hmm. now. Moose, moose, I think is where I'm at, man. I just, I really enjoy elk hunting. Um, so I, I'm, we've got a couple of those planned this fall. Um, I think an OTC in Colorado and then another antlerless uh, rifle. Uh, I want to do am antelope. I'm, now I'm just saying everything that I want to do. Cause that's kind of where the space I'm at, you know, I, yeah. I got, got the taste taste. Finally, you know, it, man, we went Montana elk with a guide learned quite a bit. The first year didn't see one elk. Wow. Um, then two years up to Gunnison self-guided OTC, uh, had a couple chances and just, they didn't happen. And then 
needed a change of scenery. So we went to route national forest this year and that's where we finally got it done. But man, it was just so, I mean, you know how it is up and down emotionally and physically it's physically it's hard, but emotionally, I don't think you can prepare for that. And, and, uh, and so finally getting that and then going rifle and, you know, it took, I think 20 something days, technically, if you look at it of hunting to get that first bull. And yeah. then I think we were out, out in the, for four hours when I killed that uh, cow. So <laughs> a little different, uh, yeah. but still, I was like, you know what? I've earned it. I don't care. You know, I've already had the 20 plus days of learning and failure. So yeah, uh, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Well, you're, you're in the right headspace because if you think elk is good, like the best thing that I've ever shot in North America was a moose. And was it? Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. Yeah. And my wife is like, when are you going to shoot another moose? Here's another thing though. That meat, if it's, if it's, um, vacuum sealed properly, it's good for like five years. We're, I shot that moose in 2018 and yeah. we're still eating some of the ground. And because I kind of like yeah. got to where we've, we'd eaten, cause that would be the first thing I would grab because it's so good. Yeah. The flavor is so yeah. mild. And then I was like, Oh no, we're going to round a moose. So then I would like only grab one. once. Hoard it a little bit. Yeah. So I still have a couple left, but she's like, you need to shoot another moose. And I'm like, you want me to go to Newfoundland? You want me to go? I'll, I'll yeah. go in here. Right. Heck yeah. So, yeah. Here, twist my arm. So, I booked a, we're going, I'm going moose hunting again, uh, but not until 2025. But it is on the books. All so, right. And I just shot yeah, a bear that's... last week in Canada. You'll like that too. Yeah, that's what everybody says. You know, I'm obviously into meat eater and Ranella, and he's a huge bear guy. So, uh, you know, I just, it's something that I've enjoyed, and I just feel better coming back off those trips with so much that we have going on. And so it's something I definitely want to do more of you know a couple mm -hmm. trips out west it just feels there's something about it you know it's hard you know but it's hard to explain to people that don't do it how no. you just feel right i guess when you come back you know you just like yeah. there's just something like about being calibrates everything yeah it really does yeah. it really does now when you start cooking the when you start cooking the bear meat though not the same reaction from your wife no yeah she's like yeah. she can smell it she's like oh no you're cooking bear she's like <laughs> She likes to eat pretty much every wild game. And if it's like burgers or spaghetti or something, she'll eat the bear, but it's not, not at the top yeah. of her preferred wild game. See, I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard different things, you know, some people hate it. And then other people said it's some of the best meat they've had from, I like it, but know, it is stronger. Prepared correctly. Is it stronger? Yeah. 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 But it isn't bad. Well, right on, man. Well, uh, Rich, I appreciate the time. Oh, oh, I did have, I got to ask you one, this last one last question. What is the one thing that we, that we are eating in American society that we think is good for us, but isn't. Diet drinks diet. are the big thing. Yeah, okay. everybody's like, oh, you know, it's diet. It's no sugar, but all the crap that's in it, it's it's a farce. It, what about the superfoods? Like someone told me kale really isn't that good for you. I don't. I don't know. like kale that's anyway. Fine. As far as nutrition <laughs> goes, like you know, like I've got some people that I trust with nutrition, yeah. and some people I'm just like, what are you doing? Like the low. F everybody wants to go low fat, uh -huh. um, and it's it it's not it's not any more healthy for you. It's actually, it's worse. So probably has um, more stuff I mean, in it. yeah, it's yeah. more junk in it. So they took all the good stuff out to put worse stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks rich. I appreciate awesome, it, man. man. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for jumping yeah. on. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Adios. Bye. So there you have it. Shooting the breeze with the man who at his peak was known as the fittest human on the face of God's green earth. Uh, interesting conversation there. That segment Brought to you by Numa's Renegade Hoodie. I have spent more time glassing in the last three weeks than at any point in my life. Just prolonged stretch of in Africa and then Canada, glassing, 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 glass. Just nonstop. And the Renegade Hoodie, and 
trust me, the sun's beating down on you. It's uncomfortable, but that Renegade hoodie is breathable, and that hood comes in handy as well. Flip that bad boy up, get back on the spotting scope, keep those UV rays off your neck. Um, breezy, light, airy, and I don't know how, because in Canada, I didn't wash anything. Uh, I wore that for five days straight. Didn't smell one bit, and I was sweating. It was hot. Uh, check it out. It's the Renegade hoodie. You can uh, get 20% off, by the way, with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at numaoutdoors.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoors show. Down at the end. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. And Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you. If you're ready to take that next step and make the dream of owning your own land reality, then head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. Hey guys, Cable here for Armasite. If you're looking to light up the night, whether that's with thermal or night vision, then you need to head over to armorsite.com. That's where you can find all of the thermal night vision monoculars, uh, thermal weapon sights, and, of course, night vision nods. Yeah, those cool-looking helmets, the one that I have. Yeah, buddy. You can find them over at armorsite.com. They've got it all right there. And even better than that, they've got some new stuff coming down the pike, like the 640 contractor. I've got the 320, 640, even better. You can find it all at armorsite.com. Time to switch to whiskey. Drinking beer all night. That's the Kyle Bennett Band bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks to Mossberg Firearms our longtime presenting sponsor. Thanks to you for being here as we're about to check in with Lone Star Ag Credits, Tyler Rosser. Uh, but before we talk some land acquisition, mix in a little hunting as well. The segment is brought to you by the Armasite 640 Contractor, diverse color palette, internal recording, and the best clarity that I've seen on a thermal optic it's the 640, the continuing evolution of Armasite's thermal technology. And uh, you can find their entire lineup of thermal and night vision optics at armasite.com. All right. Well, joining us now in the studio, a good friend of the show, making his return to the program, Lone Star Ag Credits, Tyler Rosser. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Cable. Yeah, it's good to have you back in studio. How is your summer going so far? It's been good so far. Enjoying a little bit of cooler weather. You know, had a nice spring. You can almost say we got some uh, actual spring weather as opposed to Texas where you normally get two seasons, too hot or too cold. So right. we've been enjoying that so far. Did you get to do any uh, hunting or fishing this spring? Been doing some fly fishing still. So we yeah. go up to the Denison Dam, do some fly fishing there. Um, we didn't make an out-of-state trip just yet. We got to do a little bit of uh, Montana and Colorado fly fishing since we spoke last year. Yeah. Struck out on all my turkey tags this year, so yeah. I didn't get to do any of that, unfortunately. But gearing up for the fall hopefully awesome awesome yeah um actually went fly fishing probably about a month ago and uh, but not the kind of fly fishing most people would think about we went for for buffalo really 
Yeah, uh, it was, uh, what was the name? It was actually a state park. I wasn't familiar with it, but it's like a tributary of uh, the Trinity that okay. kind of runs between, I guess, Ray Roberts and maybe, I think, Louisville. Okay. Uh, I'll remember, I'll get the name of it and let folks know, but... Yeah, um, we just we just you know put waders on and we're walking around there and just sight casting to Buffalo and there was tons of them in there. Oh yeah, and they are spooky too, mm-hmm. aren't they? They are. I think I hooked into four and actually landed two in like a half day of fishing. But they fight like hell. So yeah, oh they do. We got to go. Uh, we went out to the Brazos Mother's Day weekend, so we're expecting our first kid, my wife and I, in October. Congrats. So and she's she's almost more into fly fishing than I am. So we took her down to the Brazos trying uh-huh. to do a little bit. And unfortunately, with that last rainstorm we had, then it kind of blew it out. So we didn't have a ton of luck. But you know, casting poppers at the uh, at the banks for bass. Yeah. Um, and then we got to do a little bit of wading on some of the smaller streams and tributaries, like you say, trying to see buffalo and carp. And had a couple carp charge flies. Couldn't get any hooked up. And the buffalo were just a little spooky that day. I don't know if we just a little too loud or what but yeah we didn't get hooked in any of them well at least you were out there oh yeah absolutely and it was ended up being a beautiful day uh nice and cool so if it's cool in may like i said i'll take it very rare indeed <laughs> so you, where are you from again originally so grew up in groveton texas a little 1a school davy crockett national forest kind of in between huntsville and lufkin uh, a little further south than what most people you know around dfw think of when you say east texas uh-huh. uh, about an hour and a half north of houston or so okay and uh, what did you did you grow up in the outdoors there? We grew up more more cattle ranch. Oh, that's uh, was right. what we did. We had about a hundred acres. Uh, we ran Angus cow calf operation. A little deer hunting here and there. A little you know pond bass fishing that sort of how stuff. Many, how many? How much? How much cattle can you raise on a hundred acres? Over there in East Texas, we ran about fifty pairs. So fifty mama cows, you know, year round raising show calves and that sort of stuff. So and I'm not real in tune with you know uh, cows per acre. But one of the guys that went to Africa with me, he uh, he runs a like a beef slaughterhouse mm-hmm. in uh, Lubbock. No, Amarillo, Amarillo. Daniel, if you're listening, apologize for that. But yeah, he said like where where they are, it's like uh, ten acres per cow. Yeah, it, it's I think ten or even more, depending on kind of where you're at up there. If you have something irrigated, mm-hmm. um, like I said, East Texas, you can get pretty aggressive, especially if you're really wet and you have improved grasses. It's not just you know coastal yeah. like people may have around here. Uh, and then once you get up towards the DFW, it'll be somewhere in between there, just depending on where you are, how much rain you got, you know, do you rotate your pastures, all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Lone Star Ag Credit, a longtime advertiser on the show. We certainly appreciate uh, the support over the years and a big fan of, of the, not just what you guys offer our, our listeners, but the history uh, y'all have been around for over a century now. Yep, over a century. And, and I think we talked about it last time. I always like to brag about it. The office I'm in, uh, the Sherman branch, uh, made the first farm credit loan in the state of Texas. And we've got a copy of that deed up on the wall. So it's a pretty cool piece of history in the state. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what, what separates Lone Star Ag Credit from the average bank? Yeah, so we're a farm credit association, um, chartered to operate here in the state of Texas. We're you know, headquartered kind of around DFW with our actual headquarters in Fort Worth. We stretch out west towards Abilene, Sweetwater, Red River counties, kind of up towards Texarkana, and then all the way down south through Corsicana, 
uh, down to Georgetown and a little bit of that hill country out towards Lamp Passes. Um, but what makes us different from the average bank is, you know, one, uh, being a part of the farm credit system, uh, which allows us, allows us access to long-term fixed rates uh, on raw land, which mm-hmm. is something most banks won't do, uh, mortgage companies can't do. Um, and the second is that, you know, that's really our specialty is financing, you know, farm and ranch land, financing homes on land, financing cattle, you know, equipment for your ranch. Uh, we don't take deposits. Uh, we're not opening checking accounts. You know, we're not doing business loans for the most part. We do step, step into agribusiness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is our specialty. So if someone wants to buy a farm or a ranch, a ranchette, you know, or a rural lot, this is all we do. You know, we like to think we're experts in farm and ranch lending. And for our listeners, you know, that, that don't live in the Lone Star State, um, I think you'll find that most states have this type of uh, farm credit opportunity. Correct. Yeah, we're all the way across the country, um, and I believe down in Puerto Rico as well. Uh, every state should have at least one. Some states do have one. In the state of Texas, there's, I want to say, eight or nine of us that uh-huh. are kind of chartered across the state and all have our unique territories. Okay. Um, what is What has the recession been like? from uh you know a business standpoint because it's high right now i'm 40 i'm in my 40s you're probably what in your early 30 31 good okay. guess. for us though uh this is like an all-time high but but it isn't historically like if you i was talking to somebody um in canada on the on this bear trip i just got back from and they're like you should have seen the 80s it was like you know up he's like 15, 18%. It's like a war zone back then. Things that, like, I was like, my mind was blown because I'm like, this sucks. And I'm not, I'm not even trying to buy anything right now. Um, but you, you look around, and it's like, geez, 8%. Um, what has that been like from a business standpoint? And are there, are there, you know, a, is there a younger demographic of folks that are trying to buy and just like, like shell shocked when they see 8%? Yeah, I definitely think there's been, you know, we've seen a pullback, uh, whether you look at residential, you look at farm and ranch, um, from the the big, big ranches down to, you know, a small home outside of town somewhere, it's slowed down some. Mm -hmm. Um, Going from, you know, mortgage rates in the twos and threes. Historically low, yeah. Yeah, historically low in 2020 and 2021. Up to you know your standard mortgage rate, I think around seven today, and then farm credit rates on you know long-term fixed rates on just land uh, can get all the way up to about nine right now, kind of mm-hmm. depending on how long you want it fixed for. If you're if you're reaching out for that long thirty-year amortization fixed rate, um, it's definitely slowed it down. You know, especially within this DFW region and really Texas as a whole, as population grows, as people continue to push out, there's more and more demand, and they're not making any more of it. You know, you mm-hmm. can cut up land, but it's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, one of our neighbors, like in in um, a couple streets over, they just bought a rural property out by Glen Rose. Mm-hmm. They're just like even McKinney is too, too big of a city now, and we want to raise our kids in the country type of deal. Yep, yeah. it's it's growing like crazy. Prices are getting higher. You can thank the woke mob for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hey, the woke mob's good for business for you. It, it is for us people. I mean, with 2020, with the pandemic, I mean, it was all time. People were pushing out of town, right? You, you uh-huh. saw it everywhere. You heard it on the news. You heard it on the radio. Um, people wanted to get out of you know cramped subdivisions out of the city and get out to land um, and have a little space to breathe, right? And yeah. that's kind of where we were lucky to be able to step in and help everyone from. The guy buying 200 acres to run cattle on, the guy buying 500 acres to hunt on in East Texas, or the couple who just wants to go buy five or 10 acres uh, and, and build uh, a barn the dorm. school district that uh, teaches that boys are boys and girls are girls. And hey, well, how about a little arithmetic instead of uh, indoctrination? And, and that's why we live in Van Alstine. We're happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, 
Right on, right on. So, will do you, do you think that the rates will come back down soon, or is it is it kind of leveled out and this is just it is what it is? This is the, the you know the proper marketplace. I, I think we're a little higher than that kind of you know proper rate. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, in my personal opinion, and this is just my opinion. That's uneducated. Seems like sometimes. Um, Probably farm credit rates from five to six, you know, and mortgage rates four to five feels right. You know, that's not crazy, crazy cheap. It's not super high. That just in my gut feels a little more appropriate. And, and that's what being 31 years old is what I've kind of seen my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it will depend on what the Fed decides to do with this next meeting. I think it's coming up in a week or so, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Powell decides to raise um, that rate again, I, I think that's going to kind of throw some things in turmoil for a little bit. I think people have gotten kind of adjusted. All, all the news seems like it's starting to get better. Inflation's kind of starting to come down. Uh, people, and they may not be feeling it, but that's what the news says at least. Yeah. And I, I think if they hold tight, maybe by end of year we're starting to get a little more positive. Maybe we're talking about even a rate decrease, and then going into next year we'll see things start to pull back. And then, you know, with the next election, anytime there's an election, it's you throw your hands up in the air and say, who knows what's going to happen? Because yeah. it can go up, it can go down. Yeah. Would you say the majority of the folks buying or or, or uh, getting loans from you guys are looking for cattle ranches or for hunting properties? It depends more on where you're at. Uh-huh. Um, for me, kind of around in the Sherman branch, you know, we I, I mainly service um, people buying in Collin County, uh, Grayson County, Cook County, uh, Fannin County, kind of that, that little quadrant is where we mainly work. And there's not a lot of cattle, you know, active ranches there at mm-hmm. this point. A lot of the properties have been cut up. Uh, you're looking at, you know, 10, 15, 20 acre tracks being the size that's selling the most. And, you know, you could have some lawn ornament longhorns on that size of track, but you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do anything of, of note if you're trying to actually run a cattle operation. Yeah. Now you go out east, um, we have an office in Paris and we have an office in New Boston. You still see guys out there that are operating a cattle ranch, land's still cheap enough. They can accumulate, you know, property, continue to run cattle and make money and actually be able to pay their note with it. Um, now you go out west, you a little bit of the same, you know, more row crop out there. There's more farmers. Um, but then when you go south, it's a lot more of that ranchette style. Someone's buying, you know, 5, 10, 15 acres. They're going to build a barn dough on it. Kids can, you know, play ball in the back. Dogs mm. can run free and live a good life. Yeah. Um, the hunting stuff, I, I say, is picking up, um, especially with kind of your high net worth guys buying property out of state. A unique thing about farm credit, I mentioned that chartered territory earlier. If someone lives in one of my chartered counties, then we can lend for them anywhere in the country. So, for example, uh, a gentleman we know kind of lived around that Fort Worth area, wanted to buy a ranch in Montana, and we were able to work with him on that so that he could buy out of state. You know, he's still headquartered here. He lives Mm. here, operates a business here, but we're able to work with him and, you know, help finance property for him anywhere in the state. So flip that around. How many... What percentage of out-of-staters are are buying property here? Like, because I see it in my neighborhood, tons of Californians coming in. Don't really. I'm like, just please, if you you left California for a reason, don't vote that way <laughs> yep. when you move here. I, it's real hard to say a percentage. Um, totally anecdotally, especially during 2020, it felt like there was more. There was more uh-huh. of a migration. I think it slowed down. Maybe one in every 10, 15, 20 is an out-of-state or moving here because they got a job in DFW somewhere. I mean, with how many companies are moving here and headquarters Uh are here. I mean, in Sherman, we've got the new Texas Instruments, hundreds and hundreds of jobs, making almost six figures, I think, is the average salary. Mm. Um, We we expect there to be a bigger push like that, you know, for better or for worse in the upcoming years. What do you think when you see, like, Governor Abbott – 
I think they passed this law, and you might know more about it than me, but like um, the bill was to prevent Chinese companies from buying up land in Texas. Some of that I understand, especially when it comes to the national security piece. I think yeah. it was North Dakota. That there it, was a, China's our enemy. I don't think they should be buying crap in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I don't remember the specifics of the one bill I saw, uh, but like I said, that one around North Dakota, it was like right next to a base, right? They probably don't probably don't need to be buying there. Yeah. Um, but we in farm credit, um, typically, my understanding is based on our regulations, is that um, we mainly are lending to U.S. citizens or permanent residents. Yeah. Um, so foreign entities we aren't typically able to work with. Good. Um, so that's kind of our where, where we tend to stand on things. Okay, right on. Um, I'm not sure what else we wanted to get into today. Um Oh, yeah, yeah. I do know one other thing. So we're looking at expanding west and moving into New Mexico? Yeah, so I mentioned those those chartered territories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, farm credits have the opportunity to merge and team up with another association, you know, merge those charters and then kind of work together under one umbrella. And uh, currently, we're working through all the regulations and the, um, you know, the rules behind it. But our executive team is working with uh, Ag New Mexico, a farm credit association over there who uh, has a, the whole state under their chartered territory uh, to work through a merger, hopefully in uh, Q4 this year. So really excited about it. Um, the opportunity the name- won't business. change or anything though name will likely change um unfortunately you know lone star ag credit we're operating in uh new mexico might be a tough sell for right. some of the offices there so we we are expecting that um not sure when that'll be announced that's a question for yeah someone but you who, can't you can't go to uh, new mexico ag credit either correct yeah no we'll have something new don't know what it <laughs> southwestern is southwestern ag credit yeah. or something like that something fun Ho- hopefully it's a good one um but you know Luckily with us, a lot of people know the they know the people, right? So people know who I am. People who know who our lenders are in Waco yeah. and and Lone Star Ag Credit merged with uh, Texas Land Bank back in I want to say thirteen or fourteen, and that Texas Land Bank name went away. They folded into Lone Star Ag. So and they're luckily they're surviving. So hopefully we won't think it'll be too big an issue. But we will get a new name, uh, assume a new logo as well. So we're looking yeah. forward to it. But the opportunity that gives us uh, and our colleagues in New Mexico, if everything works out, is you know. We have that whole state now to operate in. So those individuals looking to buy hunting ranches in New Mexico, looking to buy, you know, rural escapes out there in the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, we can work with those individuals and we'll be able to, you know, work in that territory. What is the land price like? I, I, it can't be as much as Texas, but uh, New Mexico's a very poor state, generally speaking. I'm assuming that you could get a smoking deal if you're looking for a hunting property out there. I think it depends on where you're at, and I'm uh, not nearly as maybe not around it. Chama, but you know. Yeah, like. I think there's some places, especially uh, where there is more cattle and actual pure ag there, because there's a lot more pure ag in New Mexico than we we have at least around this DFW mm-hmm. area. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still a spot where it's in the hundreds, especially when you get out in the desert and there's not a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, some of those big fancy ranches that Sotheby sells and the Middleton sell. It looks it looks just as expensive as it is here, so we'll mm. we'll see. Uh, well, you know, I'm just dreaming about an elk property out there. I'm, I'm right there with you. I struck out on my uh, New Mexico elk tags this year oh, and my too. pronghorn tags. So I was looking forward to uh, doing some camping, but uh, now we're out of luck. Yeah, I I got my notice back as well. Uh, unsuccessful. It's nice when the refund hits at least. Yeah, take your is. money up front. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, right on. Well, that's cool. Uh, I, I love New Mexico. It's one of my it's probably my second favorite state. Uh, spent more time there than any place but Texas, for sure. Um, but yeah, well, that's cool. Exciting news on that front. Uh, what about your? So you, so you're not going elk hunting. You are having a kiddo this spring. I mean, excuse me, this fall. 
imagine your your uh, hunting schedule is pretty limited. It will probably be pretty limited. I'm hoping <laughs> to hit the dove early, early yeah. and hot. Um, we Go as got, much as you can. Yeah, as much as we can, as often as we can. With with the due date, kind of the second week of October now, uh. um, it, it's it's going to be tight. Uh, we've already discussed a little bit since we spoke. I guess it was that last last February. I think yeah. we spoke. Um, I got geared up. I got an opportunity to get a bow this year, so I've been shooting like crazy on that. With nice. Grayson County being bow only where I live. Um, it, it seems a little more, a little less intrusive. So I've been able to talk to some landowners who have given me a little permission here and there. So yeah, you're going to have to pass along their information. I, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll see what I can do on that. <laughs> but uh, hoping to get out a couple times this year, uh, you know, once a little one gets here. Then got a couple duck ponds scouted that I'm hoping to get some access to. We've been, I've been talking to some guys, and they uh, they act like it's no big deal today. But I'm uh, nervous come winter it might be a little bigger. But hopefully once he's a couple months old, be able to get out and get on a duck pond a little bit uh, early nice. in the morning. So. I think the closer you can get to Hagerman, like if you can get a pond close to there, oh my gosh. Yes. We've had some murderous duck hunts up there. It was just. I've been sending some emails and writing some letters, asking some real nice <laughs> questions. So luckily, you know, being in, in farm credit lending, I know a lot of guys who own land, uh, whether they're active on it or, uh, you know, more of just holders use it occasionally on the weekends. So fingers crossed we'll have some luck this year. So that is, that's a good perk to the, to the line of work that you're in. I've also... Uh, I've also figured out that police officers and state troopers who are on the roads all the time, yep. they have some good hunting properties that they don't pay for. <laughs> I can imagine. I was reading, I think it's in Grayson County. Someone shot a, a record buck up there last year. as a state trooper, if I remember right. Yes, and that's that's, that's uh, Tarif. He's been in here with, his, with okay. that deer. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I saw him in one of the news outlets or somewhere, and I was like, huh, that's a, that's a good-looking spot. And, yeah, as much as he run the roads, he's probably got a pretty good idea he's of what's where. He's got places in Collin and Grayson County where, I mean, he shows me the picture of these deer he has on trail camera. And he kills one every year. Uh, sometimes in each county he tags out on, you know, a Boone and Crockett deer. Uh, but yeah, um, well, right on, man. I appreciate you making the trek over here. Uh, for now, the website is still, uh, lonestaragcredit.com and, uh, looking forward to rebranding and, uh, expanding coming up here in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Anything will be announced on that. Uh, hopefully around October it was once mm -hmm. everything's approved and pushed through, um, we look forward to kind of, you know, working another area, having some new colleagues, having some new teammates and, yeah. and continuing to grow. Well, thanks for coming by, Tyler. Certainly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Cable. So there he goes, Tyler Rosser of Lone Star Ag Credit. And trust me, I understand that not every listener is in a position to be in the marketplace uh, as far as land acquisition is concerned. I'm not in that position financially right now. Uh, but I do keep tabs on it. And as someone whose dream is to one day own their own hunting property, um, you know, hopefully... Over the course of this relationship with Lone Star Ag Credit, uh, we've been able to help some of you guys make that dream a reality. So thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Lone Star Ag Credit. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Also want to thank Rich Fronig for jumping on. Thanks to you guys and gals for being a part of today's presentation. Thanks to all of our sponsors. We couldn't do it without their support. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. And the moon is so bright It don't look like night And the diamond how it sparkles And the lights of Loving County